Welcome to ADHD Explorers by ADHDoers. Today, we're very excited to have a very special guest. Um, he is a eight-time world champion Muay Thai fighter, coach. He's also famed for having one of the most aggressive fighting styles. 87 wins, 48 by knockout, ranked number one in the UK since the age of 17. Liam Harrison, welcome to ADHD Explorers. Hey. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing to have you here. So, like, we are dying to know how it's gone for you since you've discovered you have ADHD, right? This is pretty recent news, I, I heard. I always I always had, like, well, you know, to be fair, a lot of this, I didn't know too much about ADHD. I always just thought in my head it was just stuff like not being able to hold concentration or not paying attention in school. Yeah. I never, I've struggled with things like, Anxiety, bouts of depression, mood swings, just lots all all the symptoms. And I never put the two together like that. I always just thought ADHD would start not being able to concentrate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never delved into it properly. And it was my girlfriend, she just kept saying to me like all the time, You've got ADHD. You've got ADHD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the final straw for her was not long ago, I was mowing the lawn and I mowed a big patch right down middle and then I got bored and left it. Ah <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is the spirit. And she went, right, seriously, you've got ADHD. I'm telling you so I'm starting to look into it more. And I honestly like I started following pages on Instagram, your page with one of them. Mm. And the little snippets and that you put up, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I don't believe I've got through my life and not realised yeah. like wow. this is me. So I went and uh, obviously I got an assessment like with a proper a doctor, psychologist and stuff like that. And he, he went, yeah, yeah, mate. He said, I don't know how you've got this long, but how you've gone this long and not realised it. I always knew that there was something going on. I just wasn't sure what it was until yeah. I, like, I looked into it. I think, and it just all clicked literally everything in the place. And I'm like, wow, how have I got like, to my 30s and not like realised this? Well, welcome yeah. to the late diagnosis club. I'm still yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Late I'm diagnosis waiting club. on my official like ticket. Really? <laughs> yeah, because wow. I, I lived in the UK for a while um, and started the process there and then you know the NHS. Um, it takes its time. And, yeah. uh, and then I moved countries to Canada in the middle of that. So then I had to restart the whole process again in a new country <laughs> so right, still yeah. waiting but you know, you know yeah. when you know you know <laughs> for me yeah, like it's 100%. been it's been really recent too it's like two years i knew i had adhd and actually got diagnosed last week Woo! Yeah. which is really yeah. exciting <laughs> um it's it's gonna be huge but we got some questions we'd love to ask you because i think that you have lived a life where I think you have a lot of insight that could be a lot of value for the people in our community and and i'm sure a lot of them would love to know it so like i'd love to know like like let's just start with like what is obsession to you like how do you harness <laughs> your obsession and ride that to champion but that is basically what i've done since i was 14 year old like no it, my mind works in two ways as i'm pretty sure you'll both be able to rate it will either grab my full attention mm -hmm. or i'm not interested <laughs> at all. yes that's, in school there was just nothing that interested me at all and i, I, I was getting suspended all the time and i was messing about all the time i was getting involved in fights and stuff and then when i, I was playing football a lot and i loved football um that's soccer in the uk mm -hmm. soccer not yeah um and i loved that but then Thai boxing came along and I went to the gym for the first time. I think I was thir just 13 and then I walked through the doors and I saw all the like the professionals training and stuff like that and I was like, wow, this this, this looks good. Mm -hmm. And then I trained for a little bit and then after about a month, I got to spar with my cousin 
and like oh, that's it then I, I was hooked after about six months when, after about I think, yeah, after about six months about 14 and I had my first amateur fight and that that were it That mm. I was just completely and utterly obsessed with it I was quite big for me even though I'm only I'm little I'm only 5 foot 7 but I was, I've been 5 foot 7 since I was 14 so mm-hmm. I was quite big for a 14 mm. year old and then there weren't many kids around my size so I got matched to, to fight an adult and I knocked him out in the first round when I was 14 so <laughs> after that I just thought wow this is the best thing I've ever done <laughs> and then <laughs> and then in school I were already not paying attention and then that just literally went completely out the window then because all I could think about was just sat there thinking about fighting all day long wow like yeah. literally, yeah. The teacher was that talking, and I, in my head, I'm sat in class and I'm going. I was using my dinner hour. In my dinner hour, I wouldn't eat no dinner. I'd run, my, the gym was only like a ten minute run from my school, so I'd sprint to the gym. I'd do some work in, in with my coach or on the bag. Just even if no one were at the gym, I'd just train on my own and run back to school. Um, I'd turn up into class all sweaty and everything, and teachers doing like, what you've been doing. I'm like, oh no, I had to go home for something. For our American listeners, the dinner hour in Northern England (laughs) is lunchtime. Yeah, lunchtime. lunchtime. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I was just literally completely and utterly obsessed with it from that day, and nothing, nothing's changed. Now I'm 36 now, Mm -hmm. and I've I've been fighting since I was 14, and I'm still just as in love with it as I am now, like as I was when I first started. Yeah, I think one of my questions was why Muay Thai. Like, what about Muay Thai specifically? do you think drew you in um everything about it i love everything about it obviously like the fighting style so if anyone doesn't know what muay thai is it's called like the art of eight limbs you can punch you can kick you can knee and you can elbow um, yeah. <laughs> so it was just like it was a really aggressive fighting style but when i walked into the gym i were a bit i written nervous at first obviously i was a young kid i was watching all these fighters and stuff like that and all, like bad company where i train called bad company gym even when I joined in, it's been the best gym in England for about probably the last 20 years. But even when I joined like 23 years ago, even then it was like, they had still got a lot of good level champions and stuff. So mm. I walked into that gym and they were all, they always welcomed me. They were all, there were no egos. Everyone was really down to earth and really nice and polite. And then when I saw them train, I was like, God damn, these guys are killers, but they're so nice. And it's like, there's no, like you get, like in MMA and stuff and boxing, and you get like a lot of like egos and attitude and trash talk mm-hmm. and all that stuff. None of that in Thai boxing. Although now it's become more mainstream and it's gone out there to a wider audience, it's starting to happen because people need to sell the fights more. Um, but just then, it was just everything. I'd walk into that gym, like the gym as well. Like the first time I walked into it, the gym had holes in the roof and all sorts. It was like <laughs> some out of a Rocky movie. It was, it was just like a proper shithole. It was just a shithole. It was like it was like a Rocky film. Um, <laughs> And I just loved it. Just everything about being there, I was, I was just completely obsessed with it. I was, mm. it, was, it helped me as well because I was like knocking around with like the wrong, the wrong type of people when I was young. Mm, mm, yeah, so you're right. When I really got, yeah, I was like, I live in, I lived in quite a rough area, so it had been quite easy to get sucked in to like the 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 other way of life. And a lot of my friends did, and a lot of them ended up in prison and stuff like that. But I was lucky that I got involved in that because I was so obsessed with it. That brought me off the streets mm. and it kept me away from trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, any end, like literally every single night, I'd be I'd be in that gym, and all my friends would be on the streets getting up to no good. I were in the gym, luckily. Wow. Yeah, I was literally talking to my cousin last night. He's up in Hull, and he's uh, he's in um, a psych ward at the moment. And I was like, "Are you?" doing exercise at the moment and he was yeah. saying he's like i'm thinking about getting back into boxing and i was like do it no, no. do yeah, it definitely. <laughs> so yeah. i was wondering like like 
there's a transformation I see in you from like the videos I've seen from inside the ring or inside this the the arena to outside and I wanted to I'd love to ask like how you get yourself in the mindset for a fight like do you have a warm-up routine or what you do mentally to get ready for that for that moment I honestly think it's just naturally built into me to be like that I, there's nothing that I really I don't have any like set routines I just like turn up warm up and I just fight I think when I was younger I was fighting so regular I've, I've, I've had about 100 and, 118 pro fights I think now so wow. when I was younger I was fighting like maybe 9 or 10 times a year which is almost once a month so it was just becoming so natural to me and it was just happening so so often that I, there were no like at first don't get me wrong my first fight's on, oh, fucking I'm nervous here. What if I lose? What if I like this? And then after the first time I won and I knocked the guy out, the adrenaline rush was so good. I'm still trying to get it back <laughs> yeah, now. That's right. Trying that's right. I'm still trying to get it back now. You're just dope. You know, the first hit is the best. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Honestly, that feeling, that there's no drug on earth that can compare to getting your hand raised at the end of a fight, especially wow. when you know... You know yeah. how much hard work you put in the gym and you spill all this blood and sweat and the tears in the gym for all that time training hard. So to get your hand raised at the end of it, it's like a, a bit of a pat on the back to yourself you know, for you know, for doing all the hard work and stuff. So there's never really been like a set routine that I, do, I don't do before the fight. I, a couple of my friends and stuff, they just like, they all have like stuff they'll do every fight and they might wear the same pair of shorts every fight and they don't change their underwear. And I know one fight, I swear to you, I know one fighter who wore the same underwear for 10 fights in a row and didn't wash them. Oh, no. Honestly, he used to take them off. They'd be full. Like, before a fight in Muay Thai, you get rubbed down in them. Um, it's called Nam Nam Muay. It's boxing oil. So uh -huh. it's like deep liniment. So it would have been covered in that. All of his sweat, Vaseline, everything. Wow. And he just used to scrunch them up and put them back in his fight bag and then pull them out next time. Wow. And he wore them. He wore them for 10 fights in a row until his 10th fight, he got knocked out. So then he threw oh, away. No. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have anything like that. I've, just, I've always just, I, I just love fighting and I just love the, the buzz and the thrill. And the, just the, I love the competition of testing myself against a man who I, I've trained for this man. Mm. This man has trained for me. It's mm. just like the, the, just putting my skill against his skill. I don't see it as like a war trying to hurt each other, mm -hmm. although my, my style is very aggressive and that's the name of the game. I just see it as a, it's a game of chess, but with pain. So I've, never, I've never really like got into a routine or anything like that. I just turn up and I just fight just because I love it. Wow. That's cool. That's amazing. Um, I saw one of your fights with Rochlick and oh, uh, at the end, you both have blood dripping down your faces, <laughs> but you stood there smiling. Like how are you smiling? <laughs> Even though I lost that fight, I absolutely loved it because it was one of my favourite fights because I remember that fight were in Shanghai. Mm. There was 20,000 people in the arena. Wow. And I remember when I came out, they all cheered for the tie, did all the Chinese people, and they all booed me. And I'm thinking, hey, why are they booing me? They don't know me. But then after the fight, even though I lost, but because I showed good heart, we had a complete war. We absolutely battered mm -hmm. each other. To pose. They all cheered me when I left. So I thought, even though I've lost, I've won like the hearts of the crowd oh, here. So wow. that were a bit of a um, a moral victory for myself. Even though I didn't win the fight, at least with my fighting spirit, I showed good heart. Mm. I fought to the end, and we had a complete war. Like you said, we were both covered in blood. <laughs> that were I'd, at least I'd won everyone's respect in the arena because if I'd have gone in there and just got the floor wide with me, they'd have all booed me when I walked in and when I left. Mm. But I didn't retain me when I left. So that was even though I lost the fight on points, 
that was still a bit of a, a moral victory for myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd love to ask, like, what led you to go to Thailand and get involved and immerse yourself in the in the Muay Thai community? So, what happened was I'd had about my first twenty nine pro fights. I'd fought all the best English guys, a lot of the best Europeans at the time. Um, I'd knocked most of them out. I'd won. I'd won all twenty nine. No, no, I, I drew one. So, or I was unbeaten in my first twenty nine pro fights. And I thought, oh wow, I'm going to get to 30, 30 in a row unbeaten here. That's. I mean, Muay Thai. It's not like boxing. In boxing, you can get a big, a big record without losing. In Muay Thai, there's so many different ways to lose. Like obviously, you can get cut from an elbow. There's kicks. There's punches. There's clinch work. There's so many different ways to lose in Muay Thai. To go thirteen or all unbeaten, that's it's a really good like thing to do. So I got to my thirtieth fight. I'd fought a few ties before, but I'd never fought a Thai a Thai champion. And in my thirtieth fight, I fought a Thai champion. In round two, I punched him and I knocked him down. And I thought, oh, he's just like everyone else. I'm going to knock him out here. Yeah. And he got up, and I remember he looked across the ring at me. He didn't have no gum shield in. He smiled like that, and he had blood all in his oh. teeth. I thought this guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, he absolutely he battered me for the last three rounds of the fight. And he came back and he won on points. And I, I, it was just like it never happened to me before. I'd never experienced that before, so it was just a bit of a shock to the system. So yeah. being so obsessed and just how my mind worked, I, I was gone home that night and I he'd cut my eye. He'd need me so many times in my stomach and my kidneys. I was pissing blood for two days. I'd, I'd gone home and I was yeah, I were awful. Honestly, I couldn't walk for about a week. I'd gone home and that night I was just you were racking my head and I was just sat there. Right, what can I do here? Well, I can't. How do I fight with these guys? So this were at the start of the December that fight, and then about the tenth of December, I just went to travel agents. I was only eighteen. I booked a one-way flight to Thailand. <laughs> came home and then I went to my mum and said oh, I'm not going to be at Christmas I'm, I'm going to Thailand I'm sorry and she was like what do you mean and she was she'd gone crazy at me yes I, was, I had a girlfriend at the time that's that I impulsiveness the, <laughs> I, exactly <laughs> and, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time and uh, I'd been seeing her for two years and I just went right I'm sorry I'm, I'm going to live in Thailand and I went and that were it because I couldn't get into my own head that I'd been beaten up that badly and I'm thinking eh what can I do about this? There must be something to do. And I thought, if I can go learn out and fight how they fight, um, then that won't happen again. And luckily, mm. it, it, it hasn't. So, Did you ever can... fight that same guy again? No, after that, a funny story, actually. He came to, after that fight, he had a few more fights in Thailand. I was living out there at the time. There was a talk about a rematch, but then after two years, when I came back to England, he was in England. He was uh, fighting in England and working as a coach, and he came mm. to live with me. He, oh. came to live with, he came to live with me in my house for. He lived with me for about three months, oh, and he ended up being <laughs> he ended up being my coach for three months. And wow. I fought under him three times, and I won all three. That's so cool because he kind of yeah. pushed you into that. Yeah, almost. if it wasn't for him, if, if I'd have fought anyone else that night, and 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 if I if I'd have knocked someone out that night, I might not have gone to Thailand, and I might mm. not have gone all, got all that experience that I got. And I might, when I were out there, I must have fought. I was out there for two years. I must have fought about 18 times in two years. I was fighting that regular. Yeah, I thought um, that's that's one interview where you talked about uh, three days after you lost a match because oh, you had didn't have rent money and then you had to go yeah. fight again. <laughs> yeah, that was horrendous, yeah. Because normally how on... long do you have between uh, matches? So if, I'm out, if you're out in Thailand, because at the time you could literally fight every day in Thailand. It, it was the, the Muay Thai scene was huge there. This was about 15 years ago now. It was absolutely huge. So in Thailand, I, I were aiming to fight once a month, 
But obviously, I'd bet all my money on myself in the fight, and I lost. The, I lost the fight. And I had no rent money, so either go home or go fight again three days later and pay the money for my rent. So I had oh, to go no. fight again three days later. Wow. So like, <laughs> I feel like you have a really special relationship with pain, because it's like, it's like fascinating how you can almost like separate it out and keep that focus going, even if you're in the presence of pain. It's like. Did you learn how to do that, or is that part of your like focus thing you have? You have to make you have to make a deal with yourself before the fight. You have to when you're in the training, you have to mentally in your own head, you have to make a deal with yourself. You have to say to yourself, right, there's points in this fight where it's going to be absolutely horrendous. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in hell. You're going to be in pain. You're going to get hurt, but just don't quit and don't stop and just push through it because no matter how much pain you're in and how tired you are and what's happening to you, you know in your head, he's just as tired mm. and he's hurting just as bad. And if you're in hell for 50, like a Muay Thai fight is five rounds, three minutes, it's only 15 minutes. Wow. You've been in hell and you've been for eight weeks building up to it. You've been tired, you've been pushed to the limit, you've been broken by your coaches and your sparring partners. So you've done that for eight weeks nonstop. So 15 minutes isn't that long just yeah. to push wow. through and just to go through it. But as long as you've made that deal with yourself before, because I know a lot of fighters will get in there and they might get a little bit tired and they'll take their foot off the gas and they, they haven't made the deal with themselves. It is, it's a fight. You need to expect it to be hard. No, nothing's easy. Mm -hmm. Nothing in life comes easy. So if you want to win and get to the top, you know it's going to be hard. You just have to have made the deal with yourself where it's already part of what's going to happen so it's like i think there's something about that as well when you're in this like high intensity environment that your brain just like changes because i play sport as well i play underwater hockey which is such a weird really? sport and <laughs> when you're that. Check that out. <laughs> when you're swimming so i swim and i'm a forward so i try and get a breakaway and i'm swimming half the pool length underwater full wow. speed and you're holding your breath right and your legs are burning yeah. with that lactic acid but you're like but the goal is there and <laughs> the goal is there. Like, you're, you're in a moment your brain your body's like you are yeah. putting me in a position i could die right now yeah. <laughs> I'm underwater. yeah but there's something about that like but if i get that goal or i yeah. get that hit or you know <laughs> i swear like almost 100 it's not like I, yeah like i said that like the the buzz of winning oh. nothing compares to that ever like like you say no hit of drugs no nothing can compare to it so just chasing that buzz is I don't know what I'll have to do when I retire. I'll probably be addicted to crack. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm just going to be chasing some new buzz from, from somewhere. I'm going to have to find something. Yeah. And the retirement age is pretty young in fight sports, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but a lot of people like have retired before my age now, but I still feel like I'm fast, yeah. faster than I was in my 20s. I'm stronger than I was in my 20s. I still feel like I'm in my prime. So as long as my body doesn't just suddenly fall apart, I'm going to keep riding it till the wheels fall off. Wow. Do you, do you have like a, a, I'm sure you have a physical training regimen, but I wanted to ask you, like, can you feel the difference between when you've done exercise and not on your mental function? Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, in, so when COVID hit, I was in a very, very dark place. I, mm. was, I was depressed. The gyms were shut. Um, I had bouts of anxiety that were absolutely scandalous. Mm. Um, and it, it was horrendous and I know and this is it won't affect and I, I shouldn't I wonder why I was like that because I was making a lot of money off my, my online training prior on there were people I knew who were losing the jobs losing the businesses losing and I thought they have the right to be like that I thought 
at least I'm making money still, and mm-hmm. at least I've got a roof over me, and there's people out here in that. Why am I so depressed and stuff like that? But just not training when I, for 14 years, all I've known, well, since I was the age of 14, all I've known is fighting. And I, I've had that to focus on. When I lost my focus, I was just in a really, really bad place. Mm. Um, it, it was terrible, to be fair. I felt sorry for my girlfriend, because obviously she was working from home. And then she's living with me to, to see me moaning and sulking about the house all day and then just being depressed. And I put a lot of weight on and I started drinking a lot in lockdown and stuff. And I don't really drink that much, obviously. Mm. I'm always in fight training and stuff. But I was getting bored. I, I was so bored. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was just on it. I was just bored out of my mind and just thinking, oh, drinks for something to do. And oh, it, was, it was horrendous. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, and I thought to myself, I thought, why am I being like this? There's people out there who are so much worse off who's losing businesses and and stuff like that but yeah just how it's just how it was really mm. wow so it must feel amazing it goes to show that. you that like money is not the thing that you're chasing yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am not fighting for money yeah. like my money my money situation from my website and stuff that i could retire now on that i'm not doing it for money mm. i'm doing it because i love it and it's literally all i know and all i want to do mm-hmm. wow so it's like really it's it. more about having the focus and like having that it's like such a good yeah. thing it's like your fuel you know like to to be yeah. in the zone of what your your north star goal is like that's really good advice that yeah. i i love yeah and like i say as well even though i'm 36 now and i've won a lot of world titles i've still got a lot of goals to, to chase and stuff there's still things that i haven't done that I, that I do want to do before i retire so it's like i say my my uh, my mentality now is still the same as when I first started. I've still got things I need, I want to chase, and I want to achieve. So that's good, really. Mm. So, do you think you go, that babe. your ADHD um, like hyper focus has been part of the reason that you've been? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, and it's sure. something obviously that that I didn't realize until I looked deeper into into ADHD and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, one, massively, uh, there's not much I can say about it. Really, I think I've gone into how. Yeah. Do you get that like you can't hear other people talking and you're zoned out like nothing else around you exists except for that thing that you are doing? Yeah, one hundred percent. That is that is exactly <laughs> it. It's like nothing else. Nothing else important. Someone's like, you're yelling at you and you're like, I didn't hear you. I don't know that I'm <laughs> Someone could be dying next to me and screaming for help, but if I'm yeah. hitting the pads or doing some sort of tie boxing related thing, they're getting left until I finish. But that's why yeah. it's even more incredible that you've. You do so much. You've got like an amazing Instagram. You run your own podcast. You've got like a second Insta for the podcast. You're a world champion. You have online Muay Thai training. Like how seminars worldwide. How do you do <laughs> all of this stuff? And how do you manage it? Do you know like, what? I, I do the. I've got. I'm lucky because with my clothing line, I've got a business partner who takes care of most of the stuff mm-hmm. doing that. With my podcast and my YouTube channel, I've got someone who runs that for me. Obviously, I'm still massively involved in it. Mm. But like I say, I need, I need stuff going on all the time because, like, when I've had a fight and then I've just sat there twiddling my thumbs and if I've got to wait like a month for them, if I've hurt myself a little bit and I'm just, and I've got to rest and think, I go back to the gym like within a day or two days. My coach is like, go home. Yeah, you're supposed to rest. rest. <laughs> Your body needs I'm, it. I've got nothing to do. I need to do something. But so I've got all this stuff going on now. But I looked at something on your page not long back and it were about burning out, ADHD mm-hmm. and burning out. Wow, I do this all the time. I'll, <laughs> I will run myself yeah. into the ground, into <laughs> yeah. the ground, and then I'll be like, "It's like I'll, I'll overtrain, and then I'll have so much stuff going on, and then someone from my podcast will be saying, right, Liam, you need to do this, this, and this,' and I'll just leave it to the last minute, and then someone from Clothing Range will be like, "Liam, can we do this, this, and this?" and I'll leave it all to the last minute, 
when it all like gets on top of me and I have like I'm just oh I'm just I'm, like just depressed for like two or three days and I just won't leave house and I'm just, yeah I need to like just mm-hmm. leave everything although no social media don't look at anything for a few days and then build myself back up but I do it all the time I just if I don't have stuff going on I get like I don't I'm, I don't like it but then <laughs> I get too much stuff going on and then I don't like that either yeah. so I just don't have to do it. <laughs> well, it's so nice the to number hear of that. times i've heard the phrase you're burning the candle at both ends like yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. it's so good to hear that like even with what you've achieved you still have those days where it's like a bad brain day and you don't have the energy to do like anything and you just want to like lie around like like i get those and like it's nice to hear that that's just a normal part of what well, it's like a part of being an adhd it's part of being like on this earth as a human you know mm. yeah 100% especially with what I do as well like I'll, I'll, if I don't if I just lay around I think right I can't bother doing all today and I'll sit, if I have one bad day of training and I feel a bit tired then the next day I'll either two things will happen to me in my brain I go right I'm going to go back and smash it today and that's mm. that mm. or I'll sulk and I'll just like want to just lay around all day and not do anything yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah but, but I think it's true. also okay to give yourself those days occasionally yeah, and be like true. Well, yeah, yeah. To be fair, like I've I've been absolutely ridiculous. I'm an eight-time world people. champion. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been absolutely I can't ridiculous. Tell myself that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This week though, I've been scandalous. I've, I've I've trained three times Monday, three times yesterday, and I've done three times today, and now I'm absolutely ruined now. And I've got a big sparring day in the morning. We've got fighters coming from all all over the country, and I'm sat here like this, thinking, "Oh my god." I've got fighters coming from up and down country and I've trained like this all week and now I'm exhausted. But I do stuff like this all the time. Like, we're just on about then. Just... I get bored, so yeah. I think I'll just go to the gym now. And, yeah. uh... So it's like you are purposefully like, it's almost like fun to be in that arena of challenge where you're on the edge of your abilities and your your almost res- your me- your mental resources. And to be on the edge of that, it seems that it's like what you, what what always gets you going, what like, it's good to be in that state where you're challenged all the time. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a thrill that I, I love. I love like, like I said earlier, you're going in there with someone who's who's matched and pitted exactly against you. The, the a promoter will match two fighters who he thinks are perfect to fight each other, who he thinks are the same level, so it's a good fight. That mm-hmm. buzz knowing that this guy's out there training out is he training and harder than me? What if he's training harder than me? I need to train harder. <laughs> It's, it's that that's the buzz that just keeps it going. I mean, I, I've had fights before where I've been matched with people where I've known I was going to win. And I've trained as I'm supposed to. I've trained hard, but there's not that extra bit it's of intensity. It's not as fun, right? Like, ah. if you're fighting or playing a sport against someone who's, like, not very good and it's too yeah. easy, it's kind of like... <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, exactly. And I've, I'll do, I always train hard no matter who I'm fighting. That's just who I am. But the, there's not that extra level of intensity involved when that happens. And if you're not training with intensity, then there's just no point doing it. And if you don't have that little bit of fear, it's the fear that I mm. enjoy. Mm. You know that little bit of fear where I think, I, I see an Instagram video of my opponent, and I think, oh, shit, he looks really good. I better get back <laughs> into my eye, better smack it a bit more. And, yeah, if you haven't got that little bit of fear and that little bit of, worry about your opponent and you're not going to put that bit of extra intensity in it's, it's pointless mm. so it's like you want to prove to yourself that you've trained harder than him almost it's like you you want to make you want to take away those doubts by proving into yourself that you are trained yeah. enough I, there's no I, I've, I've always looked at like sports especially like this one even when I played football and stuff when I was younger I did I wasn't interested in doing it if I couldn't be the best 
when I played football, I wanted to be the best on the field. Uh, and no matter no matter like where, what position I were in, whether they put me up centre forward or midfield or right back or wherever, I wanted to be the best on the field. I wanted to be the best in the team. I wanted to win Player of the Year every year. Mm. Same with fighting, and I thought to myself after a little bit, I thought I'm not just doing this just because I'm loving doing it. But I want to be the, like, one of the best in the world. Yeah, I mm. want to. I want to challenge myself against the best fighters on the planet. And luckily, I've, I've been able to do that. So, if we flip back to ADHD for a little bit, like what are your struggles? Um, with it and how do you manage them? Um, there's been a few right recently, well, over the years that I didn't really pick up on until like my girlfriend made me like, it's mm-hmm. zoning out in conversations is one of them. Like I said, if someone doesn't like grab my attention immediately, <laughs> I'm just sat there and people will be talking to me, but in my head I've got like monkeys playing drums and stuff like that and loads <laughs> of stuff going on. And I'm sat like nodding and then like they'll say, oh, did you understand that? And I go, what? Yeah. <laughs> that was, Sorry, I wasn't. That yeah. was one of the main ones, but that that were like, I don't mean to do that. I don't want to do that. I hate, I hate doing it, especially when I know my girlfriend's had an hard day at work and stuff like that, and she's like trying to vent at me, and she can tell I'm not listening properly. But I want to listen. It's just I can't can't listen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always been like a, a bad one. Like I say, I get bouts of like anxiety and like depression and stuff like that. It's like my mood is either. I'll be either like the most, yeah, I can see I'm doing that. I'm all over the place today. Like, the most high today. I will either be like the most sociable, hyperactive person you'll come across, or some days I'll just be a little bit down and it's a little bit, my moods are all over. And mm-hmm. stuff like that, really. Forgetfulness, losing keys, phones, that's I'm absolutely yeah. so bad with that. Yeah. And the thing is, and I know I do my fiance's heading because I'll be running around the house, I'll put my phone somewhere and I go, You've moved my phone. She goes, No, I haven't seen your phone. No, you moved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just all the basic stuff, really. Yeah. That I wasn't. Sh- yeah. Like I say, like the, the attention span and stuff like that, like about we talked earlier about when I'm, I mowed the grass and I just got bored after just like doing one stripped down thing. And it's more like, I'm, I'm more like wanting. To, a, a proper diagnosis more for like her benefit just so I could like try and stop doing all these things because when I was looking into it and she follows a page about ADHD and relationships on, mm. on Instagram and when I was looking at that I figured oh my god um, it must be awful for her living with yeah, me yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like learn more about what I'm doing and stuff like that and, and just try and like change a few things even no and try no but not change that be more aware of what's happening yeah like it's that. finding like these yeah, coping strategies to help and then it helps you in the long run as well yeah 100 I, I already feel like a lot a lot lot better and yeah get a tile on your phone <laughs> yeah 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 oh, honestly like my my uh my timekeeping and stuff like that because i'm so busy she gets so angry with me I don't have any like calendars on my phone. I just forget stuff all the time, and mm. because I've got so much going on, I always ask her to try to remind me. She goes, "You remind <laughs> yourself." Yeah, <laughs> well, you remind yourself. I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's why when you were like, I might forget. I was like, it's fine. I'll remind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's like almost a miracle <laughs> that like we run stuff as a group of ADHDs. Like we're all ADHDs <laughs> in the community. Yeah. Like Addy is, me is, and so like sometimes like she's like sorry i just gotta do it tomorrow or like there's such a flexibility that we built in to like all of our yeah. stuff which is really useful for when we're just like doing other stuff or like bad brain yeah. days or whatever it's hilarious mm. but relationships yeah. It's, yeah. it's such an art it's weird with adhd it really is i'm trying to been growing with relationships because it's like people tell me that i forget things 
or like haven't listened but i'm like really i swear i heard that before and they're like no we've told you this like five <laughs> times now oh my god <laughs> but um i'd love to ask about like i think we all have fears and we all have doubts but there's something about when you're adhd you almost can forget everything you've achieved and everything you've done and i and i would love some insight from you just because like is there a way that you grow past those fears and doubts of yourself and what you do to like overcome no. that you just no it's i still have it now if i have a bad day of training i will honestly i will go home and i'll be sat there all night going i may as well just retire i'm, I'm rubbish yeah but that was so bad and honestly i get myself so down but then the next day i'll go and have an amazing amazing session in the gym and i go huh I don't know what all them thoughts were about. Yeah. Well, I did it tonight. I trained absolutely terrible tonight, and someone was filming me. And uh, I got a, clip, a look at the video on Instagram earlier, and I looked. I thought, "Oh my god, I look horrible! I can't believe they posted that on Instagram. I look tired. I look slow." And I did it tonight. I was sat there like tonight was before I came on. I was sat sulking and thinking, "Oh, I'm rubbish. I might as well just retire." And, and until I go and have a good session, those thoughts will still be yeah, it won't be wow. like in the head all night, but they'll be creeping around there. So like, I've, I've always struggled with that, and I'm not sure whether that's just because I'm like. I'm a perfectionist and I want every, I want every yeah. session to be amazing. <laughs> I want every session to be amazing and I want to feel amazing every session, but I should know after fighting pro for 23 years. I know. You, like, do you have it. medals or something yeah. you can hang up on the wall just to remind yourself? <laughs> my mum my keeps all my world titles at her house. She's got like a big plaque of them all oh, stuck on wall. So I don't even get to see them here. I don't yeah. even in my house. My mum's got them on. <laughs> You need to just write on the wall like I'm a world champion. <laughs> Eight times. Yeah. I know. I and know. then you can cross out when you get nine times. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But but yeah, like I say, like if I have, have a bad day of training and stuff, those thoughts are always creeping me in. So I've, not, I've that's just one thing I've not been able to get past. Yeah. And everyone like says, "Oh, shut up! It was just a bad day, bad day." And I'll sulk and. But yeah, obviously they don't. I don't know. It's just an hard thing to to get out to get out of my head. I think part of it is that, you know, um, especially those of us who weren't diagnosed as kids, we were bad at school or we did, you know, we, we had so much going on inside that was quote unquote wrong that we tried mm. to cover it up with this, like, I'll be the best on the surface. I'll be a perfectionist. Yeah. I'll be great at this thing. And so, yeah, it's kind of a form of masking, right? You like manifest yeah. as I'm going to do the best. And yeah, breaking yeah. those um thought cycles is hard <laughs> yeah yeah 100 i still have managed to do it and i'm and after training all for all these years i'm just yeah. i'm just like trying to accept right this is gonna be part of me now so get on with it yeah that's mm. nice well it's and kind of um relieving to hear that almost yeah like it, is, it is so successful i'm like still deal with mm. that. <sighs> you know because like you can go <laughs> rabbit holes of perfectionism and i know what you mean about perfectionism like i try and i make music and i always i'm like zooming in on the tiniest little thing that doesn't matter but I love that you put your, like when you feel those thoughts, you go into the gym the next day and then you smash it and you use that as fuel, these doubts. And it's like all in yeah. how you react to things, right? So to use that as fuel, and if I'm like doubting myself, I know I'm gonna be like, right, I'm gonna go to the gym of music and like freaking yeah. smash it and like prove to myself that I, I, I'm gonna 
use that fear and doubt that I'm not good enough as motivation. Like, I love that. I'm going to use that, mate. I'm gonna yeah, use that. And, that, and that day when you do have that good session or that good music session yeah. or something like that, you're walking around that day like a million dollars and <laughs> like, yeah, it's not bad as a floor. It's not bad as a floor. Yeah. I'm still the best. I'm still the best. I've still got it. Oh, mate, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So it's just in the, it's in the work, you know, like that's what you're making me feel. It's like, it's like, you can use whatever emotions or setbacks you feel as like uh, motivation to just um, craft your skill, and I and I really yeah. I really like that a lot, man. It's a, a, some, that's a, a a bit of a, a tough thing to do sometimes, or mm. like you'll you'll get some people who will they won't be able to turn a negative into a positive and stuff, and that that I think that's taken quite a, a few years to try. Like I say, although I get the negative thoughts flipping them into a positive the next day is quite a tough thing to do sometimes I know, I know a lot of people um, similar fighters who do the same and they, and they, they can't really get into that mindset of flipping the negative to right. the positive and stuff and it's it's affected them when they when the fought because there's a big like there's a big almost uh, difference in the ADHD community on one side there's people who feel really stuck and like I know that we all feel stuck sometimes and then there's this like what we wanted to do with ADHD was, was provide resources to people who they want to be good. They want to be successful with ADHD. And so mm. I wanted to like understand like for those people who are in a cycle of self-doubt or feel stuck, I'd love to know what like what you'd say to them or like would you would you have anything in particular to say to them or or some words of advice? Just like I was saying then, like if you are feeling in a bit of a rut, the, the only way to get back out of it is to test yourself and just try and prove to yourself. That's what I'm always trying to do. I want to prove to myself I'm not. If I have a bad day in the gym and that thought comes into my head, like, oh, you, you were slow today, you were rubbish, I just want to go and prove to myself that I'm not. So no matter what walk of life that, you, that you've chose, whatever your path is, just always try and just be better and better yourself. If you do something that does bring you down, don't stay down. Like I know that sounds a bit cliche, mm -hmm. but you need to try and like rise up and just get above it. I know it's easier said than done. <laughs> but having that um just that little bit of extra fire in your stomach and just trying to change your mentality is a little bit again easier said than done. But if you can do that, that's what's gonna like yeah. separate you from like the people who are just working and grinding a little bit. But if you can just pull yourself when you're feeling down and you can pull yourself back up, that's the same as a fight. It's like if there's two fighters in a fight and they're both working hard, but one of them drops a little bit in a round, he can either think to himself, right, I've probably lost this fight now. I can just mm -hmm. carry on, cruise out, lose on points. Or I can just go all out, give it everything I've got, and I'll either get knocked out or I'm going to win. And it's all or nothing. Wow. And I like that like all or nothing type of lifestyle. I, I would either <laughs> rather go off on my shield on a stretcher. I'd rather leave the ring on a stretcher knowing I've given everything mm -hmm. than to lose on points and then not get hurt and just know... That I just laid back, laid down, and let it happen. Because like in, in times like that, when you're like just giving it everything, usually that's when some sort of magic happens. And like I've had fights where I've been losing, and I thought, right, just go for it here. And I've ended up knocking them out and winning. Mm. I've also had fights where that's happened, where I've gone for it, I've gone crazy, and I've lost. But it's just how life is. You've just got to give it all, and no matter what's knocking you down and keeping you down, don't stay down. Just try and pull, drag yourself back up and not even pull yourself up, drag yourself back up if you have to. Mm. But I love how that's... I think that's, you're basically challenging yourself. You're saying, yeah, yeah what if I'm not shit? The, the only <laughs> person you need to be better than in life is be better than you were today, try and better yourself tomorrow. It's you. Life's a battle, you versus you. 
The only yeah. person who's going to stop you and drag you down is yourself if you let it happen. Yeah. I love how you got that point so where, let's say your energy dips in a fight. I love how your instant decision is either go hard or go home, you know, like, yeah. oh, let's go. Yeah. And then I love how you say like some magic happens, you know, because it's like if you put all your chips on the table, you're either going to win big or win, win nothing. Yeah. But like at least you put those chips down, you know? You, yeah, exactly. If you don't put your chips down, you have to, I'm the one, if I know I haven't given it everything in a fight and even if I've ended up losing, but if I go home and I'm the one who has to look myself in the mirror in the morning, mm. do I want to look myself in the mirror the morning after a fight and look at myself knowing that I didn't give everything? Or even if I've lost, even if I'm bust up and my face is a mess, can I look at myself in the mirror and go, yeah, you'll give everything, so it doesn't matter if you lost because you know I know mm. what I've done. But if I, even if, if I lost and it were even like a close little fight, like a close fight, and I lost and I looked at myself, well, you, you could have given more then. That, that's, that hurts. And I... There were a fight when I must have over It must have been about only it's only happened once in my career where I knew I could have done better. Mm. I knew I could have given more. And it haunted me for a long time until I had a rematch with the guy and absolutely destroyed wow. him. Um <laughs> wow. but th that it haunted me. It was about eight months in between the, the two fights. For eight months it haunted me every single day. Mm. And I thought, you can't ever let that happen again. That was like awful. And so like knowing that I can wake up after a fight and knowing if I give everything, I can look myself in the mirror and go, don't matter if you lost, could you give everything? So that, that's important. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it's all down to like, I just love how that's your insurance mechanism is like giving everything. It means it almost guarantees yeah. you that satisfaction at the end of the day, because whether you win or lose, you know, you've given everything. And so like, yeah. I don't know. It's just very inspiring for a little old musician. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought, like, when I was younger, I thought I was trying to, like, win titles and win this and win that. And then I realised as I've got older, you're seen as an entertainer and a sportsman. And you've got, I think, there were, my last fight in, in one championship, there must have been 15,000 people in the arena. And I think to myself, 15,000 people here have paid money. They go to work, they go out, they work hard, and they're paying the hard-earned money to come watch you fight. So you have a moral obligation here to give them everything you've got, win, lose, or draw. Mm. They want to see you fight hard. They want to see a war. They want to see blood. They want to see a knockout. So I'm in there, and I, I think to wow. myself now, I've done everything that I wanted to do in my career, so I, I'm in there now. When I'm fighting, I think, this has to be entertaining. So if I'm mm. behind in the last round, I'm going to go out swinging because I know that's like what they want to see. Wow. I'm not going to turn yeah. up and just try and win on points and just like steal a victory I'm going to go out there and try and blow his jaw off because that's what the crowd wants to see I want to see that and that feels good I imagine you know just being yeah, a champion yeah. man being a badass like yeah. to have a reputation of the hitman like that's got to it's got to be like yeah I'm going to smash him yeah, you, can't nickname, you can't have a nickname like the hitman and just like not have that sort of mindset really so. who gave you that nickname yeah how did that come from uh, I was 50 I was 15 um, and I'd won about, I'd had about eight eight fights and I'd won six by knockout and then one of the guys in the gym he just said oh Hitman Harrison's here and I said oh I've got a good ring yes, to it mate. and then after that the, the Hitman yeah, yeah. yeah so you've so we have um, a couple questions from the community um, mm -hmm. so someone asked how does Liam handle training with his ADHD especially on longer more technical days um, 
you know what? All my technical training over the years, I think that's been it's done. I, there's been times when I lived in Thailand and the coaches were trying to so, show me stuff, advanced stuff, and I just couldn't pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it had stressed me out, and then I had to learn just to like try and relax things because I, everything I do, I want to do it 100 mile an hour. If someone shows me something, I want to be able to do it straight away. And I think to myself, why can't I do this straight away? They can do it. I should be able to do it. And I've just had to realise over the years that just some things aren't going to work like that. And mm. especially knowing how my brain works now, some things like that, back then looking at it, I'd have a, if someone was showing me something then and I couldn't do it, I'd have a meltdown, like a complete meltdown. I'd, I'd want to stop training. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to carry on. I'd, I'd want to, it was just, I'd be right, that's it. I'm not doing it today. I'd be so stressed out that it just ruined the rest of my training for that day. So it's been, like at the time, obviously I didn't know I had ADHD, ADHD mm-hmm. then. So looking back on it now, realising like the stuff it did do back then, it was quite, it did quite impact a lot on my training sometimes. Um, these days now, I think, I, I don't think I'm going to improve technically much anymore, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been honing my craft for 23 years, yeah. so I don't have to worry about that. All I have to worry about now, it's everything that I know now, I'm not gonna learn anything more at 36. Mm. All I have to worry about now is making sure I'm fit. As long as I'm fit and I'm strong, and I've done all the training that I need to do, I don't have to worry about anything else technically wise. Because I think like my technical game is as good as it's gonna be. So I'm just worrying about fitness now. So I don't really have to worry about that. I expect anymore. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it, when I used to have those meltdowns, my head going, so I couldn't do one thing and stuff. I'm glad that I don't have to do that anymore. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone else asked, um, Liam, have you ever taken a dig because your attention goes while you're holding pads or you forget combos? Um, they are, or, so we've got a boxing coach in our gym and he does like ridiculous long-winded combos, like 20 hit combinations. Oh, and then it, that's really hard for me to, to yeah. concentrate on for that long. Especially when my my when I fight, my style is just power, single shot power. Yeah, sweat, smacking someone in the leg like fifty times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've built up to combinations more as my as my my styles like adapted and uh, evolved over the years. Mm. But like how the boxers train in our gym, doing like twenty shot combos and stuff like that. That my brain don't work like that. So it must have been I don't know, probably about a year ago. So I'm doing this big long combination. I'd lost concentration. He's out the pad there. It's gone bang straight on his chin. I went, <laughs> oh, oh, I said, I'm sorry, mate. We were wobbling all over. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, yeah, maybe we'll just like stick to four and fives because these, these nine, 10, 11 just start working. Yeah. Whenever I've done, like I did some boxing training for a little while, also Muay Thai. And it was, yeah, like when it gets into, you know, seven, eight, nine moves and then you're like, and then yeah. there's a duck and then a, a hook and then and, uh, I'm just yeah. going to kick now. I'm just front kick because I know I can <laughs> kick someone over with my front kick. So. <laughs> Yeah, it gets a bit much when them long, them long winded combinations. But they, they get going back to the last thing. Actually, that's probably one of the things that stresses me out when I'm training these days. Like, no, the long winded combos and stuff like that. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll put up on a video on Instagram, and I might be doing like a fifteen punch combo when I'm boxing. What people don't see on Instagram is that's took me an hour. Yeah. That's taken me an hour just to get that in my head, and I'll see other people. It'll take five minutes. And it's frustrating. That frustrates well, me a little. Because we have limited working memory, right? So basically, yeah. the way. Um, I've seen it visualized before is like we have a shelf right everyone has a shelf in their brain that's your working memory and we have like less space on the shelf 
right? And so yeah. when people are trying to make sure we put more things on our shelf and it just falls off and we're like, I know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Come on, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that ADHD. I always I always when we're doing them combinations. Well, like, when I've got it wrong for like the tenth time, I always always think, oh, he'll just tell me to stop doing it now. But then they go, no, we're going to get it right, and I'm like, the fuck's it? I can't do it. That's awesome though, and but you spend that time, and that's what makes a difference, right? Is you yeah. spend that time getting yeah. it in your head, and I think that like ADHD does have like a different things, but like it definitely. Get, gives you advantages in other ways too. Like, I think that when it comes to like reaction time, having that intense focus, like, do you think that some of that has helped you in your career? 100%, one of my main main strengths when I'm fighting is my timing mm-hmm. um, and my reactions. Like I've had a lot of knockouts in my career and a lot of people think it's down to being at a punch hard. It's not, it's being able to time the right shot. Yeah, like, you're like, oh, um, his- his fist went down, boom. Yeah, yeah. Just as they, <laughs> as they, as they kick and they, they leave a slight gap and they're not ready to get punched because the next not tense and stuff like that. You can just time a shot like that. That's how a lot of my knockouts have come. Just time it. It's the, they always say, like, it's the shot you don't see that'll knock you out. So, like, mm. my timing is so good for my career. I've found as well, like, there have been moments in fights where I think, right, I'm going to knock him out now and I'll put everything into every shot and then I'll have hit him four or five times or hit his gloves and you just tie yourself out trying to do that. Mm-hmm. So, I've like, like, like I said, like timing is one of my main strengths, and it's been one of the the ways I've knocked most people out. You mentioned earlier, like my strength through leg kicks. You can only be a good leg kicker if you've got good timing, because if you miss timing mm. and kick someone's knee, if they block it strong, you're just going to push your own shin up. Yeah. So to be a look good leg kicker, you have to have timing. Yeah. On building up your leg strength, going back to Thailand, did you have to do that thing where you like knock your chins with cricket bats? No, that's a myth. So everyone <laughs> thinks this happens. Everyone thinks like, oh, in Thailand, they like put rolling pins up and down your shins and they they make you kick bamboo trees. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, but people think that happens. But it doesn't happen. Okay. The way to your shins in Thailand, they have like, you know, the heavy bags, like the punch bags. Yeah. They're filled with sand and stuff, so they're really hard anyway. Uh, so okay. it's kicking them, kicking those things. They, they, it's tough on your shins and that condition your shins. So you don't really need to be doing like rubbing stuff up and down it and booing stuff like that. Uh, yeah. um, one other question that I thought was hilarious, and I don't know if you know what this means, was does he still cuddle his llamas? <laughs> Who's asked that? Uh, that uh, it must be uh, one of my friends that, oh my God. So, their guessing... their um, Instagram username is Bald Bearded Wanderer. Ah, uh, yeah, it's Dean. My friend Dean. <laughs> <laughs> No way. So this is going but this is going back. We're in Las Vegas on a stag do. <laughs> and we, we, <laughs> this story is insane, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. Yes. We're in Las Vegas on a stag do and one of my friends from who lives in America came to meet us and went, Oh, let's just go we're on Fremont Street, it's like a big strip where all mm-hmm. craziness goes on. Well, no, let's just go down here. There's a trailer park at the end of it, and my friend lives there. Okay. Before. I haven't come all the way to Las Vegas to go in a trailer park, but all right. <laughs> so we went down, and then we walked into this trailer park, and it had been all like pimped out, and it was like all the buses and stuff, and it was like really like proper, like done up to the nines and stuff like that. And I was like, what's going on here? And then I turned around, and there were llama in my face. Like, <laughs> I went, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> And then I looked next to me, and there were another one, and they were both just like up to me, like, what is happening? And I thought, I'm a bit fucked up here, but I'm not that fucked up. These are llamas. I don't know what's going on. 
So next minute, like we ended up just staying in this trailer park and drinking with everyone who, who uh, was there all night. Became good friends with him. I remember just being sat down and the llama were just like that looking at me. And I went to the guy, I went, is he going to like bite me in the face? And he said, no, he wants feeding. He said, you want to feed him? I went, yeah. So I remember I got a carrot. It spat in my face. And took the oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, oh. crazy time. Oh, so I love how you summoned a cat. Where did you get a carrot from? Because there has to be a story. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I thought uh, I didn't know when they asked that question. I didn't know what was happening. Like, did you have some llamas like behind the training <laughs> thing, just so you can hug sometimes or something? That was amazing. Uh, that was yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, Liam, it's been freaking amazing talking to you. I'd love to know if you have like some words on like comfort zone and like it seems like you're always on the edge of like your abilities and training you know, just pushing a bit harder because that's where the thrill is, you said, right? So I was wondering if like, like what is like comfort zone to you? And like, do you love just like, what is it about it that like keeps you coming back? No matter what what walk of life you are in, if you just sit in your comfort zone throughout it, you're never going to get anywhere. Mm. You have to be willing. So people who are willing to go that extra mile who are willing to come out of their comfort zone. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff I do that I, I don't like sitting down. Like if I hadn't seen someone, I, the last time I remember like, coming out of my comfort zone, and this is nothing to do with fighting or anything, I hadn't seen one of my mates for about 10 years. And he messaged me and said, do you want to get a drink? And I was thinking, oh God, it's going to be socially awkward. What if I don't know what to say? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh no, I don't even want to go. And, and I lied and said, I don't want to go. And then I said, no, have a word with yourself. What are you doing? You're not busy. Stop telling me you're busy. So I went and met him. And I didn't want to go, but I thought, you know what? I got out of my comfort zone there. Mm. Even though it's just a little thing like that, mm. to me, that were a big deal. Yeah, definitely. In the gym, taking me, myself out of my comfort zone, it, that is not a big deal whatsoever because that should come naturally to me. Mm-hmm. But for little stuff like that, I try and do that as much as I can these days. Even if it, no matter what it is, I'll try and do it. If it's, even like my girlfriend says, oh, will you come for dinner with, with two? I think, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to sit there and I start stressing myself out when I don't know that person. I, I won't know what to say to him. What, what do I say? Uh, what I've not to talk about and I'll be doing that all day long and I'll almost go and I can't go I'm, I'm not well but then mm. I think I'll just little, do little things to push me out of my comfort zone and I know those are only little things like that but if you can find a couple of little ones each day just to bring to think I don't want to do that but you do it anyway yeah. then other stuff you'll start doing it with other things and other mm-hmm. things and you'll start building and building and building and that's all I've done like from, from my Thai boxing career I didn't really want to leave my family and go live in Thailand, but I felt I had to do it, and it were out completely out of my comfort zone. I didn't know anyone there. I didn't. None of them in the gym could speak English. I couldn't speak Thai. That were good because I get a little bit socially awkward speaking to people sometimes, so I didn't really care about that. Yeah. But that were out of my comfort zone. I I missed my family. It was Christmas. I didn't really want to do that. But if you want to get anywhere in life, you have to do these little things, and whether it's just do one thing a day that takes you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Write, write a little note in front of you, right? Today, I don't really want to do this, but I know I should. I'm going to do it anyway. Just write a little note to yourself. Like I said to you before, make a deal with yourself. Mm-hmm. If you make that deal with yourself and you tell yourself you're not going to break it, that's the people who will, they're going to rise to the top. Yeah. It's wow, been I in that growth mindset, I right? Yeah. yeah, we've seen such a difference between like, for people who are untreated ADHD or like don't know their ADHD versus people who know they have ADHD 
and are in that growth mindset makes such a difference. And I love how you put that yeah. to make a deal with yourself, you know, to like accept that, yeah, it might be awkward. It might be, it might be this, it might, it might be uncomfortable, but you're going to do it anyway. And you're going to accept that those things are going to happen. And then it keeps you in that place where you're always growing. And what always happens at the end of it as well, you all, everything, you always go, oh, I want that bad. Yeah. I'm not going to get myself yeah. I want that bad. Like, even if like fighting like the best fighter on the world, I fought a guy called Sancho three times. And I was like, oh my God, he's amazing. He's like the, the greatest fighter of the last 25 years. Yeah. I remember the first time I got out of the ring and I thought, we had a rematch and I went absolutely insane and we had a complete war and I tried to kill him and he would try to kill me and I got out of the ring after that time and I thought yeah that was pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> no way he was psyching but, you out man like I say like, you'll, you'll, you'll take yourself out of your comfort zone for these things and it might feel a bit off at the time but afterwards you, you'll be buzzing about it and you'll, you'll be proud of yourself and you'll feel like you've accomplished something because yeah. it's almost like on when you, I call it like walking on fire when you're outside of your normal habit patterns or something that's programmed before, like something you've done before. And when you do something that you haven't done before, it is that weird feeling and your heart races and, and it's uncomfortable. But after you, it's like after you do those things, it's like you get a rush, right? Because it's like, damn, yeah. I'm 100%. way better than I thought I could be. And this is, I'm like yeah. invincible and it grows its fearlessness. You know, yeah, and I think like yeah, what an amazing, uh, what an amazing thing to like share with our community. That's really awesome. Yeah. Wow, guys! I think that's probably yeah. a good spot to end on. We'll let you get on with your night. You know, uh, no, <laughs> go sleep so you can go fight against. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much for coming in, Liam. You're an inspiration to see an ADHD who is absolutely kicked ass. Physically and mentally and every way. It's awesome. So like keep being an inspiration to us, man. Um find Liam on all his stuff. We'll put the links in the description. And just uh thanks so much for coming and chatting with us today. Yeah. Thank thanks. you for having me, guys. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Dude. Okay, have a good one. Smash Bye. it, man. Lots of love. Nice one. Thank you guys. Peace.